You're listening to the Ascension Roundtable Podcast, Episode 31, Dealing with Division in Your Parish. As long as the church is made up of human beings, certain levels of division will continue to exist. When we're working at the parish level, how do we understand and work through those divisions with charity and prudence? In this week's episode, Tom and Alan share an approach to discerning the roots of conflict between parish members, helping everyone move toward unity. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I want to give a shout out to all of our listeners that have uh, taken our survey. Um, we appreciate it. We're getting some good feedback, and I want to uh, just let you know, you guys know that we're going to keep that open. So for those of you that don't listen uh, weekly, our Ascension Roundtable survey is still up. So if you go to ascensionpresents.com slash AR, you'll see a link where you can take a quick two-minute survey. Uh, we're trying to find out who you guys are so we can tailor our podcasts uh, directly more to you. Speaking of which, we do get uh, emails uh, from you guys, and we get a lot actually from out of the country, oddly enough. Um, so I want to just read one to you guys today, not the whole thing, but part of it. Um, this is from Tom in the UK. So I'm going to try and read this in a, in a really poor British accent so you guys can have a good chuckle this morning and then write it and tell me how terrible it was. So here we go. I would appreciate some advice on preventing division in the church between those who consider themselves intentional disciples and those who are considered by that first group to be passive Catholics. How do we avoid judging others while still evangelizing within the church? Tom in the UK, I apologize. <laughs> That was horrible. But uh, so discussing this podcast or discussing this question rather about um, that particular issue, we got to talking about wider division and different types of division in the church. And so we decided we wanted to couch that specific question, Tom from the UK, and talk about division on a, on a broader scale and kind of talk about that first and then come back to this question after we establish some ground rules around um, division. So lucky for us, we have uh, Tom McCabe on the line who just generally causes division wherever he goes. He's just a master of conflict and strife. And so lucky for us, he's with us today to uh, talk about that. What's up, Tom? What's your problem, man? <laughs> You got a problem with me? You talking to me? You talking to me? Yeah. Good. And what's the church? What's a church? I've never heard of a church there before. Damn it. <laughs> that was my Man. generic accent. I just use it for everything. Come on, speak American. <laughs> ah, hey, I'm doing well. Doing well. Um, good topic. I look forward to talking about this. But beforehand, hey, did you get to see the solar eclipse? I did. I did. Um, and I still have a, a small headache since that day, and I'm, I have a couple of spots in front of me, but I, I'm sure that'll go away in time, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. I have these little white spots in my uh, – burned into my retina. No, it's funny. We're, I'm down here in Atlanta, right? And it says 98% covered. You're like, oh, wow, man. This is going to be so cool. It's going to be darker than dark. Um, so the, the school nearby me, you could hear the, all the children counting down from 30 and they hit zero and they all start yelling and screaming. And then all of a sudden it got real quiet. Like it didn't get dark. Uh, it was quite bright outside. 
So if you're looking through glasses, it's still very cool because all you see is this little sliver, but things were uh, quite, uh, you know, yeah, bright. But what was very fascinating for me to see is all of the, the, the leaves, the shade from the trees, as the sun um, came through the trees, any, any white spots or, or, you know, light spots were in the shape of a crescent. And all of the leaves were shaded in the shape of a crescent. And I was like, that is so, that is so cool. cool. We have an amazing God, don't we? Now we That's do. Just we really so cool. do. We really do. Um, so yeah, so, so you had the glasses and you did see the eclipse and now we're I did not have the glasses at all. I, I created uh-huh. a projector, but I've got a next door neighbor who has welding masks. And so we looked through his welding mask, which was very cool. You know, and then you, and then you feel really astronautish, right? When you're wearing this, <laughs> this helmet looking into the sky, right? Oh, that's so, cool. That's probably right, a right. moment right there. Much, yeah, that much was like the fireworks. See, so not only did you use the welding mask for the fireworks, but you got to use them again. I got to invest <laughs> in a welding mask. These things come in handy. <laughs> exactly. You never know what you're going to be able to use it for. <laughs> that's right. That's hilarious. Oh man. So we're, oh. we're here talking about division today. Um, but, uh, I'm very, I have a lot to say, uh, about this topic dear to my heart because I think I've made a lot of mistakes in dealing with division and hopefully a, f- a few, um, right things, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I would say a couple things come to mind first, Alan, and it's that we have to recognize that division is a reality. It's, it's a reality in every parish. It's a reality in, Every family, it's a reality. And I'm not saying huge division, but little types of di- divisions, disagreements. We're all in different places of faith formation. And uh, so even within ourselves, we, we experience an angst, a division, maybe between us and God, and our prayer isn't where it is. So I think bringing up the question that, that Tom brought up uh, from the UK, recognizing first that division is a reality. And so given that, feelings of discomfort, feelings of, of angst, uh, feelings of an unsettledness or, and, and wanting to make things right. I mean, th- th- all of that is, is normal. And, and so let's just remember this. You're going to experience divisions of, of a variety of natures, which we'll talk about in parish life, in evangelization, in catechesis. People are coming. There is a law of graduality where people are coming to know the faith and you can't expect everybody to understand everything that you may understand. And so it requires a real pastoral side with us when working with anybody who doesn't see it as we may see it. Or let's just say, go a little further, like who we we, we would uh, could argue, objectively speaking, they are in error. Right. So how are we going to, you know, well, we're going to make sure that they understand this. Mm -hmm. Okay, pastorally, then how do we deal with this discomfort, this angst? You know, what, what, what do we do? So I think that's first and foremost, you know, that we need to talk about. That's good. Yeah. I think, um, it's like, welcome to the body of Christ, right? Like we're all, we're all broken people. We don't all see things the same way and, uh, there's going to be disagreement and we can either take those opportunities to, um, to drive further division, like you said, or, or to come together into a chance to understand each other and to grow and to kind of come to the right conclusion. Cause like you said, uh, there's a lot of different types of division. So I think the first thing we ought to talk about is what are the reasons that we might experience or we might feel division, right? In our, in our parish, in our life, uh, in our ministry and try to get to what is the, why is there division first, right? Instead of like, I'm going to deal with this head on, right? And I grab my bat, right? And I go f- head for, forward into this. I mean, just to give you a, a slight, you know, uh, 
analogy uh, that happened to me years and years ago after I had come out of graduate school. I went to, and I was asked to speak at an RCIA meeting. And I'm all brand spanking new, and I was asked to speak on marriage and family. Well, boy, I, I, I was so excited, and I was ready to tell him everything about marriage and family and all the church's teaching. And this is like week four of RCIA, right? And so uh, afterwards, so I, I talked to the, uh, the woman who was running it, and she, she said to I said, so I, how do you think it went? Because I got some tough questions. And she goes, you know, you laid out – here's my analogy for you. You laid out this beautiful statue of what marriage is, right? And then you hit people over the head with it. (laughs) Like you had this beautiful icon and then you slapped him upside the head and it was like deer in the headlights kind of look. In other words, uh, my, what I had had to say, there was nothing wrong with it. Probably my intent, uh, my approach was good, but my approach, uh, everything. So she was basically saying, I think you caused a lot of misunderstanding and confusion and division. Not that that's, maybe it wasn't the right timing. Right. And uh, I, I learned early on, like, OK, you know, I've, uh, I need to learn how, you know, where who I need to know my audience and I need to understand how am I are they ready to hear this message? Is there a law of graduality? So um, that may not fit here. It may have been better for later on in the podcast. But I guess my point is we need to look at what is the nature of the division? Right. Is this negotiable or is this non-negotiable? Um, and if you can just let me entertain everybody for just maybe another minute or so, I want to just walk through a few points that. As we're trying to analyze what is this, what is the division that I perceive or what is the division that I feel, um, how do you identify that? And I would say first and foremost, you look internally. You look personally, right? Is this a personal division? That, is it something that I perceive or is it real? Am I overreacting to something, right? So is there, is there, is there really an objective division, right? Objectively speaking, okay, they do not believe in the real presence and I'm trying to help them to understand the real present. There's, there is a sense of division there, right? Or, or, or something like that. Or is this, um, subjective? They just, you know, is this a pastoral issue, right? Uh, they just don't, uh, understand why they, you know, uh, should, should fast on Friday, on Good Friday. Let's help me to un- help them to understand the, the, the pastoral reason why we do this, right? Ne- next, if it's, if you say, okay, it's not really a personal issue, there's an emotional division between you or somebody else, which happens. Sometimes I've seen this in myself where they don't agree with me. So guess what? Emotionally, I'm already put on edge and I, I want to, there's hurt feelings, there's misunderstanding. And so really I got to identify it. What, what is there, is there some emotional charge behind the division? And I think it's important that we recognize that up front, Alan. Uh, otherwise, you know, uh, we're just going to exacerbate the issue. Okay. Then I would say, is this, is it a pastoral issue? Like it's not, it's not doctrinal or something like that. Uh, is, is, is it a, a way in which I should handle something? Uh, in other words, uh, we all probably know this, but you know, the bishop is king in his diocese, even above the, even above the pope in matters of pastor, uh, of a pastoral nature in his diocese. Like how he is to deal with a doctrinal issue on a pastoral level. When it comes to doctrinal, that's different, right? We look at things doctrinally, objectively. Okay, then, we, you know, we, we, we may be wrestling something, but we toe the line, right? We, you, uh, you understand. But, uh, so we have to look at, is this a pastoral issue? Or maybe is this a matter of faith and morals of a division? And I think we, you know, we, we need to look at that. Is it a, is it, is it a division of graduality? And what I mean by that is somebody's coming to learn the faith. And if they're, and if when someone's coming into the faith or they're, or they're, they are misguided, there may be a law of graduality. We need to help them to understand, okay, you may just be misguided. Let me, let me enlighten you on this. And once people understand that, 
the division goes away, but let's not make a mountain out of a mohill, right? So, um, um, so going back to the first point regarding a personal division, to, I'll, I'll leave it with these two last points. If it's of a personal nature, I think we need to ask ourselves, do you want them to be more like you, right? They ain't like me, and that ain't, that's not right. I, you know, <laughs> and I think we can all fall prey to this. Mm-hmm. My my relationship with Christ is the right way. I have an enthusiasm, then they don't have this enthusiasm. May you know, maybe they don't know Christ, or maybe they're just experiencing it differently, you know. And um, or is there really the second point of this? Is there a real? You know, maybe they don't really have a, a real understanding of who Christ is and a commitment. So I know I was long winded, but I thought it'd be worthwhile to walk through, help people understand, like. If, if they take the time to go through this, initially to identify what is the nature of the division, we can alleviate a lot of problems later. So, okay, so let me see if I understand what you're saying is, um, first of all, if there's, is the division that you feel, is it, is it a real division or is it a perceived division? Is kind of what the first thing. So is it, so you gotta look internally and say, okay, is this issue that I'm having, is it, is it because of, uh, is because of me and how I perceive things and I want them to perceive things. I want things to be the way I want them to be or I want them to run things the way I run things and they don't. And so it's a division when really it's not, that's not their problem. That really is just an internal struggle you're having with maybe a control or, or whatever. And so you need to just kind of let go of that. And so the first step would just be, is there real division or is it just perceived division? Um, and then from there, is it, so if it is a real division, is it negotiable or non-negotiable? Is it something doctrinal that is non-negotiable or is it something that is negotiable and it's just a matter of how you deal with it pastorally? Um, did I miss anything? I know that's, I kind of tried to, I tried to sum it up a little bit, but I don't know how well I did. <laughs> yeah. You simplified it in about three, <laughs> a few words. Yep. And so, and so if it is internal, then what would you suggest somebody do if they have, a, obviously go to someone you trust or a spiritual director, like in, in your case, for example, when, when, um, the story you, uh, you shared where the woman said to you and then you hit him over the head with the statue. Thank God that somebody, you had somebody around you that trust you enough that you trust enough that could tell you that so you could address that. You know what I mean? Like I would, it's like when you have something in your teeth and you're like, and people just ignore it. And you're like, I just tell, I'd rather move it out of my teeth, but I don't know it's there unless you don't, but they're embarrassed and you know, don't want to feel awkward and telling you whatever. So it's, it's the same kind of thing, but on a grander scale. So thank God somebody was, you know, around you that, that, um, could say that. So I forgot my point. So <laughs> no, I, I, no, I think your, your point was yeah, looking internally first. If there, if there, we see it of, of a personal nature, is there anything that I am doing to exacerbate this? Am I making this, the, am I making the division? Am I creating the division, uh, in, in one way or another? And if so, what is the nature of that division? Right. And, and, and that's where I think we would look at it. Is it, is it I have an unforgiving heart? Is it that I am prideful of what I, you know, is it, uh, is that I, I, I'm, I'm trying to fight for what's right, but uh, I, and then if I need to be pastorally sensitive to the situation. So division could be a good thing in a sense. It could either, it could either cause you to re-examine some things in your life that you may need to address, either in by spiritual direction, confession, um, just talking things out maybe with something that you recognize now that you need to address and talk through. Um, or a chance to see some, a, a, see somebody else's perspective of something. So, I guess my point all this is when division there is division. Yes, it's uncomfortable. I hate I hate conflict. I hate division. But I guess we should try and look at it as a positive thing. Like this is what it is. And so, how are we going to deal with it? You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? 
Yeah. So yeah, and putting it in maybe lame or just street terms, we want to f- we we see the division, and so there's a tendency, a common tendency among some of us. We have we want to fight to be right instead of fight for unity, right? Yeah. In that we we should be of one mind, of one heart. A, a great verse that I I committed to memory years and years ago, for myself that I even made my kids rem- memorize. But it was Ephesians chapter four, beginning with chapter one, but it's really verse three. But verse one it begins with this. It says, therefore. I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling by which you have received. Okay, so that's good. Then it says, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. And here's here's the kicker. Being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So what are we talking about here? In all things, we really are, when, when we see the division, we should be seeking unity. If we th- see that someone doesn't see um, doesn't understand the faith and we sense a division. Well, how do we, then we, our, our goal is to bring about a sense of unity. If we look at somebody's faith and it's lackluster and we feel like, gee, they're, they're really not converted, right? Um, and, and you know, we want to evangelize people and they're just a stick in the mud and they're getting in our way. Our goal should be not to push them out of the way, but to invite them to participate with us, right? Uh, fostering a unity. I'm not saying it's easy, but ultimately, a unity of this, a unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. That, that's that is really what we're trying to accomplish through this whole process. That's great because there is a, a difference in, like you said, if something is, if there's a doctrinal difference, then we know what the truth is and we can strive for unity around that truth versus a pastoral difference in different ways of approaching things. So maybe we can take a break and come back. We could talk about that a little bit, like how to, if there is a doctrinal difference, how do you, how do you approach someone in a pastoral way to address that doctrinal difference versus you agree on a premise, but you disagree on how to go about it pastorally. Does that make sense? Sounds like a winner. All right. You guys stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Father Mike Schmitz, and if you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. That's youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We're with Tom McCabe talking about... Um, Division within the church and ways to address that. Uh, Tom quoted scripture talking about Christ's desire for unity. And I think that uh, a lot of times unity comes from relationship building and from just from relationships in general. And the better the rapport you have with someone and the better, the healthier that relationship is, the more unity you're going to have. So, Tom, can you talk a little bit about um, how that applies to uh, working in a parish and how you should, you know, spend some time with those people and get to know them a little bit before you um, jump to disagree with them. God, yeah, you betcha. Uh, a number of things come to my mind, and I would basically say this: when, tip, oftentimes, not always, but often, when there's a division in the parish, we th- we, we presume it's like of an intellectual nature, but more times than not, it's of an um, there's uh, there's a, uh, an emotional issue or a moral issue. Like a personal issue that's at the crux of it. Or if there's an intellectual disagreement, it's moved to the level of emotions, right? Okay. And that's why you're sensing this division. And that's why relationship is so critical. You and I, Alan, can disagree on something. But if we have the opportunity to sit down and I know that you seek goodwill and vice versa, uh, 
We can even agree to disagree, but where there's a sense of unity. But we're going to be much more apt to find unity if we're, if we're both coming with a sense of goodwill. And I think that's, that's absolutely critical. I have a little system that I have taught people over and over. I, it's basically, people could write this down if they want, but uh, it's an acronym, RTI. And it basically stands for rapport, trust, and influence. We want to influence people. If there's a division, we want to tell them what's, you know, what's right. What's critical first and foremost is building the rapport. It's what you were saying. The relationship is critical. And so what, once you've, you've built a sense of rapport and, and you're able to nod at each other, if we're apt to nod at each other, it's going to be harder to shake our heads at one another later. It's just psychological. It's socially, uh, that's how we're, we're hardwired, I would contend. So, so building that relationship is, is the R. The T is trust. In other words, once you have rapport, then you can start building trust. And that's what you're talking about, the unity that I trust you, you trust me. And that takes a little time. I mean, not that mm-hmm. you, you have to spend weeks. I think it can be done very quickly if people are coming with a, an open heart, right, and an open mind. The trust, you know, is one through humility, through sincerity, through a whole variety of things that we could talk about. But once you have trust, then we have the, the ability to influence each other, the person to influence me and the opportunity for me to influence them. So I think and, – and it's always that progression. Mm-hmm. Sure, you could jump right to the level of influencing each other if the rapport and the trust is already there. But if it isn't, there's no way you're going to get there very easily at all. So I would say, you know, in, in my mind, there are some basic steps that you would you'd want to go through when learning – when beginning a dialogue with someone where you, you sense there's some disunity. Um, and uh, if you're cool with it, we could just shoot – go there next if you're cool with that. Yeah. So I would say, I'd say the first step, you know, and granted, I'm, this isn't, uh, you know, it's just Tom McCabe's, you know, off the top of his head. But I would say initially, thinking pastorally, practically, I, when I'm in that situation, step one, I try to share a sorrow for the division, acknowledge the division if it's necessary. Because uh, you think, and, and I say, I share with them, you know, I'm really sorry that we have this issue. If that's necessary, but because then they realize I don't, I'm not saying I'm sorry that, you know, about that, that, you know, you're wrong or anything like that. You're just sensing, you're acknowledging that there's a division and it's unfortunate. And I think that opens doors, that opens a heart, right? That's kind of building that trust with one another. Almost then like, what I, oops, sorry, almost like acknowledging the elephant in the room, like instead of pretending like it doesn't exist, trying to move forward without acknowledging it first, just saying, like you said, hey, I'm sorry this is here and then, and then move forward from there. Yeah, and I mean maybe that's just implied. You don't need to do that, but I think if you're able to share that, there's an there's an openness. You could say strategically that's very important, but even from a level of charity, from mm-hmm. a level of charity that's very important, right? So all of these steps, I think you could look at them from a strategic standpoint in order to find it's it's very critical, but all of these points come from a, from the perspective of charity first and foremost. Mm-hmm. The next one is listen to what the division is. Listen to the objection, listen to the other person. Uh, in other words, identify what the real issue is, the real division. It may not even be what you think it is, right? And then you're going to identify, is this, is this a moral issue? Is this an emotional issue, right? Uh, 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 and, and understanding that first and foremost is very critical. And if it was of a, of a bigger non-negotiable issue, has it moved to the level of emotions, right? Mm-hmm. And, or, or the level of hurt feelings. So then you recognize it up front. Now you know how to respond. And then once I understand it, I will echo back kind of what you're saying. I will state the objection or the, you know, the division as best as I can, not from my perspective, but perhaps from their perspective, 
Now, strategically, they know that I understand where they're coming from. So on a strategic level, all of a sudden, I've kind of won them over in some respects because they're like, ah, he gets it. Mm-hmm. He understands. Mm-hmm. It. I have not even admitted I'm wrong or, or they're wrong or anything. I've just – now they know that I know. I understand what they're saying. I mean, this is basic communication, right? This isn't anything rocket science. But you state the objection and I'm, I'm letting them know that I acknowledge it and I see their side. Huge, huge mm-hmm. point. Then I would say after you do that, if there are any misconceptions that need to be clarified, I think that's huge the next step. You're clarifying, oh, no, no, that isn't what I meant. No, 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 that isn't really what the church means by contraception. You have a misguided that, – that is just an example, right? But you're, you're able to help them. You're clarifying their issue for them. In other words, I'm restating their their division better than they can restate it. And on a strategic level, mm-hmm. this isn't about winning the argument. It's about seeking unity. So, it, so I'm not just manipulating. I mean, this isn't. These are serious acts of charity that we are called to do. Then, once we've clarified misconceptions, I find 50 percent of the time, right then, the problem has gone away. It's already resolved because I've addressed the emotional issues and I've clarified the misconception. Then I will address the issue. And that's the final point. I'll address what, what, whether it's a doctrinal issue or whether it's a, you know, a pastoral issue or whatever it is, then I will go in and addressing it. Okay. So let me see if I enter. I know you and I disagree a lot on this. So no, I'm just kidding. So let me <laughs> see if I, so you're saying first and foremost, and I think what you said is important because like you said, it's, it's good strategically, but it also is telling them you care about them and coming together with them and forming unity more than being right about it. Like, I think that when you go through those steps and, and first acknowledge that there is a, is a division. And if, if you said, like you said, if it's necessary and that you are sorry about that, um, and then listen to their objection, restate their objection, which is very Thomas Aquinas ish. And then, um, and that I think is like you said, not just strategically good, but it shows that you are interested and you care about them and you want to understand them and their point of view and whether you even if you're doing it for strategic purposes, you can't help but see their side after you you do that. And so it's good for it's good for both parties involved there. And then look at um, clarify those misconceptions that they may or or may not have and address those issues. And like you said, a lot of times that in and of itself will kind of diffuse the situation and diffuse the uh, or, or create unity from the division at that point. Absolutely. You're, 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 you're trying to establish unity before you get to the division. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Which is critical. This is basic charity. You know, first Corinthians, uh, chapter one, you know, verse 10 says, I appeal to you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no dissension among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. Okay. So that's what we're trying to get to, but we can't just you know, presume that we've got that because there is an issue that we, that the division. So we're seeking, we're, we're, we're getting to the point of saying, God, we, we both want what's good. We want, we, we, you know, and I want to show you that I want what's right. I, I mean, I, I want to show you that I, I care about your opinion and that we need to get to the right answer, that we need to get to what is good and true and beautiful. Uh, so, uh, yes, current, first Corinthians is appealing to us. Like we, we, we need to be of the same mind, but how do we get there? Yeah. Right. That, that's critical. We can't, we, we can't let the end justify the means, right? You know, the, the end is, you know, uh, we've got to be unified. So damn it, I'm going to make sure you agree with what I, what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> right. And that takes humility. Yeah. 
to do that. Exactly. Exactly. I think you said this earlier, but it, it, you know, most people have goodwill and are coming at something with a, with a trying to achieve a good. And when we, when we, and when it becomes emotional for us, we instantly kind of want to, want to kind of puff our chest out and, and tell them they're wrong. And we start to get emotional instead of realize they're not the enemy. They, they probably want to achieve a good, probably the same good that I want. They just want to go about it a different way. And so let's take this moment and just kind of, you know, lay your guard down and look inward. And like you said, walk through those steps and address the, the situation, the division and try and come together. I, I'm again, I'm going to give you an example of this. Um, because we begin with a disposition where we walk softly. We walk charitably. We walk humbly. We walk collaboratively. Um, when I was running RCIA, like we would have several interviews through the entire process because I wanted to know where everybody was, how they felt, what was going on in them. And so we had a large group. Uh, you know, uh, Again, this was at St. Francis Cabrini in Littleton. Uh, for three years in a row, we had over 120 people coming into the church. Wow. Massive numbers, massive numbers. And I had a huge team, and it was all about relationship, right? You know, they don't care how much we know until they know how much we care. And so it was huge that we had to have this relationship, and we were trying to live what we're talking about. And I think I may have told this story in another podcast. I can't remember. But there was a young lady, and I'll try to keep this short instead of giving you the longer version, who uh, she had never heard the gospel. She was a young adult. 24, 25, had never heard the gospel. I've never heard of someone who never, like her questions were so innocent about Jesus, God. Like, and it was so fun to take her through. She, she was loving this entire experience of RCIA. It was just like this child in a candy store, but it was all about faith matters. We got right before the right of sending an election, which is when I send everybody down to the bishop. I'm basically saying, I attest that these people believe, are, you know, are, are want to be in, in full union with the church. So I have to, I, we've gone through all the doctrinal issues by this time, right? And I, but it's that last interview. So one of my my team members met with her, and he says, "Tom, he called me over. You need to talk. We'll just call her. We'll just call her Liz, okay? You need to talk to Liz." And I'm like, "Okay." So I went over and I sat down with Liz because he had talked with her. I'm like, "So how's it going, Liz?" She goes, oh, "I'm just so. This has been an amazing process." And I said, "Good. So we're getting ready, and you're going to sign your name in the book of the elect, in the bishop, and and how exciting this is. And are you ready? Like, can you trust the church and all of her teachings of faith and morals?" And she goes, "I I trust I, I trust her on everything, except for one." And I'm like, "Okay, what's that?" She goes, "Premarital sex." And she goes, "Well, the another one, contraception." But I. I said, I, I, I got everything. I just, I just don't buy it. And I said, okay, well, let's just go through the arguments again, right? And I started laying out simple intellectual, this argument, this, very simply. We've talked through this, being created in God's image and likeness, and we're called to love, going on and on. I won't go into that. Yeah, 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 I don't, I don't buy it. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't buy it. And I'm like, okay, so it's, yeah. The in, it's, it's not an intellectual issue. It's a, it's an, a moral issue. It's an, an emotional issue. So I start poking a little bit further, a little bit further. And then I just said, um, Liz, can I, can we just pray? She said, sure. And so we stopped, we prayed for a minute, and I just said, I gotta ask you some pointed questions. She's like, sure. And I'm like, are you having sex with anybody right now? She put her head down. Yeah. Okay. Is it a boyfriend? She goes, a couple of guys. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, and how are you, you know, what are you using to protect yourself from getting pregnant? She goes, oh, you know, the pill. Ah, so you don't see, so you, 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 you understood the arguments, but 
yeah, there's there's something else here. And then we began to talk, and I began to probe, and she began to share about an abortion she had had, and like there's this whole baggage. And then she said to me, she just she was exasperated, and she said, "Tom, I don't want to become Anglican. I want to become Catholic." And I was like, "I want to become Catholic." <laughs> like she was, "Is that my choice?" And I said, "The church isn't asking you to be perfect. The church is just asking you, can you trust her?" And then she started crying, and she said to me. I know it's true. I just don't want to live it. And she cried and she left that night and never came back. Um, there was still good unity between us, but there was still a division. But she was able to see what the real division was. And, it, and I was hopefully through my team help her, helping her to realize what was the real issue. The real issue, and she stated is, I know it's true in my heart. I just don't want to live it. And she came into the church. She ended up coming into the church, even though she left RCIA. And she came right before Easter. She got down to the end and she was like, I, I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out. And she wrestled with the issue. It was like the John 6 uh, mm-hmm. dissertation, mm-hmm. right? She was like saying, where do I go? Yeah. You, you, church, have the words of eternal life. Where, it's like Peter saying, you know, I'm struggling with this, Lord, but I have nowhere to go. to go. Yeah. And that's what she was saying, right? We didn't avoid the division. We went right to the crux of the division in love. I would say in unity, right? And the granted that 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 may have been a success story. Certainly, we've had situations where I've blown it big time. But the goal is seeking unity, right? And mm-hmm. in the division. Thank you for sharing that story. That that sums up a lot of what you've been talking about. And the and the, you walking through the steps with her on a very tangible level, uh, um, you know, expresses the the conceptual things you were talking about earlier. So thanks for sharing um, that story with us. Uh, what we talked about today is is. Division on a personal level. Um, it didn't really address Tom in the UK's question about cultural differences and differences in the church and those that are on fire for Christ and maybe those that, that don't appear to be on fire for Christ. Well, we're not going to make that judgment whether they are or not, but, um, we didn't touch on those issues that, that Tom in the UK wanted to talk about. But I think you setting the stage today, Tom in the USA, that we need to look at the situation first and, and walk through those steps. That applies to a personal difference. It applies to a cultural difference. Um, and it's, and it's a good way to just pastorally go about and terribly go about interacting with one another. So we wanted to, uh, talk about that today. And then we're going to, in another podcast, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about some of those cultural differences that we find in the church where we have different charisms. We have different, um, people who may want to worship in different styles and different, um, different ways. And we're going to talk about how to, uh, deal with those cultural, uh, differences, um, in a different podcast. Anything you want to, um, to leave us with a wise one. No, I look forward to that podcast because you're right. You know, uh, you know, the, the, those who have, who are, are, are tending toward charismatic prayer versus those who might be more of a reflective prayer. And we can, it's easy for us to make judgments or sense or make divisions out of nothing. Right. Uh, or we think that, uh, you know, those guys who are over, over in this group, they, you know, they, they, they really don't, aren't connected. They, they don't, their faith is not lived like us. Right. 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 Uh, and maybe it isn't. Right. Or, or maybe it's just different. Right. So I look forward to that discussion, Alex. I think uh, we could all benefit from uh, just an honest you know, discussion about that. It's sort of like you said, the elephant in the room. Let's let's be willing to talk about that and uh, and find some unity. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that podcast, too. We just got to find somebody to talk about it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. These poor people, they've got to keep listening to us. Right. <laughs> I tell you, we, we, we just like to jabber. But um, yeah. We're glad that we've got somebody. We're glad that we've got those six listeners out there, right? So, so we can keep doing this. It's all about us. Right. <laughs> exactly. 
All right, guys. Well, uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for your feedback. Please go take our survey so we can um, know exactly who we're talking to and talk directly to you. Um, know that we're praying for you. Know that you're doing good work. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. And we will see you next time. Peace.